Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now, coming up this week, we are looking at our fruit trees and what care we can do with them during the summer. But I also have a new voice that you're going to hopefully hear each week. We're going to call him our resident chef by the name of Scott. That's coming up a little bit later on, but we start off this week on the allotment. Now this week, there have been two main tasks that I have been tackling. Weeding and harvesting. Now weeding is something that I feel is an ongoing battle, but it is an essential one. We know that keeping weeds under control is crucial to ensure the health and productivity of our crops. However, each passing week we are out there diligently trying to pull up those persistent intruders. And sometimes it does feel like it's a never-ending task and sometimes it feels like the weeds are winning. However, we do persevere. And knowing that our efforts will pay off is why we persevere and that brings us nicely onto the joys of harvesting it is a reward for all the hard work that we put into nurturing our plants and this week we have had a really good amount of harvests we have gathered a delightful amount of crops the tomatoes the runner beans the earthy potatoes the blackberries the currants the gooseberries all of these absolutely delicious fruits vegetables herbs you know the vibrant colors the different flavors all working together to make it all worthwhile it is a truly amazing time of year and as i said it just makes the toil worthwhile now i mentioned potatoes and we have just this week started harvesting our second variety of early potatoes and these are a variety called maris bard Now, we originally started off with our rocket potatoes as our first, first early potatoes. And I thought we did okay. There weren't an amazing crop out of them. But I've heard a few people have had the same trouble as me with rocket in that the yields just weren't amazing. Well, the Maris Bard blew the rocket potatoes out of the water. They really have surpassed our expectations. The yield has been remarkable with larger and more plentiful potatoes. And I've only just removed one row. We've got several more yet to come. The only downside has been the fact that these potatoes do seem to have a little bit more scab, which is these little black blotches on the skin of the potato. They don't really affect the potato too much because they do come off quite easily when we peel the skins. But it is a bit of an annoyance. However, given that we have many more potatoes, it's a trade-off that we can satisfy ourselves with. Now, last week, I mentioned that we cleared out our broad bean plants. And as you know, I don't want to waste any space on our beds. So what I've done this week is where the broad beans were, I've cleared away any weeds and then I have planted some purple French beans in their place. These beans will take some time to mature and produce the beans that we are looking for. But... At least then that bed is being productive, it's being put into use and we're not wasting any space. I spoke about this quite recently. For me at the moment it's very much about trying to use up every single bit of land as best as I can. 
Now, talking of what we harvested last week in the empty beds, last week we also harvested the garlic. And that bed as well, I wanted to pop that into use. And I've done something a bit different in this bed. I have actually sowed runner bean and French bean seeds directly into the ground on the hope that they will grow. Now, it might be a little bit late to sow these seeds. I don't know. The great thing is that by growing our own and doing this sort of hobby, we can actually experiment and test the boundaries to find out what is possible. You know, we might be pleasantly surprised with a late harvest of those delicious beans. We'll find out in future episodes. Now, another intriguing development on the allotment has been from our Crown Prince plants. As you know, I've planted two Crown Prince plants named Charles and Camilla. And Charles is definitely much, much larger than Camilla, although Camilla is now starting to find her feet and grow. But Charles has been starting to produce squash-like fruit. But when I look at this fruit, I'm not entirely sure it looks like a pumpkin. The shape and the colour are just slightly different, and to me they look like they might be more like a large patty pan squash. So we're going to keep it growing and see what develops. Now this could be because the seed was saved seed that I got from an event. I'm not sure, I can't quite remember. If this was brought in seed, then I would expect it to come true. But saved seed could be a bit tricky. Squash plants are known for cross-pollinating, so it's very possible to get a patty pan seed inside a pumpkin. So it definitely could be something that we're not expecting. Time will tell. But it's still going to be something edible at the end of the day. This is the trouble with saving seeds. Sometimes the cross-pollination does throw up different issues. Now this weekend the weather really hasn't been entirely cooperative. The weather this year I've got to say has been funny all year round. I feel we could do with a bit of sun but this weekend however we experienced some really strong winds. It's still a bit windy now. My meter at home was actually picking up wind speeds of between 40 and 50 miles per hour which at this time of year is a little bit unusual. But of course, with strong winds like that, there is a potential risk to damage to our precious crops. Luckily, here on the allotment, the damage has been minimal. The only casualty was our globe artichoke plant, which was about eight foot tall, but it's now been flattened. I'm not overly fussed by that because I've been unsure about globe artichokes for a while. I inherited the plant and it's just there because I haven't been able to remove it. But one of the other problems that I was worried about, which we'll find more about in just a moment, is how the strong winds have affected our fruit trees that are in full leaf. It's a bit nerve-wracking because it could lead to some of those delicate branches being broken. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, as well as how to care for our fruit trees during the summer. But first, let's find out what's been going on in the Supporters Club this week. So now it's time for a little cheeky advert for our incredible supporters club. But firstly, if you are enjoying this podcast and find it valuable, we would greatly appreciate it if you could take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback helps us reach more fellow gardeners and spread the joy of growing our own food. But we also have another exciting opportunity for you to take your support to the next level. 
consider becoming a supportive member of the Veg Grower Podcast. For just £5 a month, you can unlock a range of exclusive benefits and join a fantastic community of passionate gardeners. As a supportive member, you'll gain access to extra behind-the-scenes podcasts where we share even more garden tips, insights and stories. It's a chance to dive deeper into the world of vegetable growing and connect with like-minded individuals who share your enthusiasm. But that's not all. Each month, we will send you a carefully curated collection of seeds right to your doorstep. These seeds are selected to be sown in that very same month ensuring they are fresh and ready for you to get started immediately. No more waiting around or wondering what to plant next. We've got you covered. Now this week we've actually been sowing some exciting pak choy and chard seeds. These nutritious greens will add flavour and diversity to your vegetable garden. Imagine the satisfaction of harvesting your own vibrant home-grown produce. To join our supporters club and start enjoying these exclusive benefits, simply head to the vegetablepodcast.co.uk. There you'll find all the information you need to sign up and become a part of our veg growing community. Your support not only helps us continue producing this podcast, but also enables us to expand our offerings and bring you even more valuable content. We deeply appreciate each and every one of our supporting members as you play an integral role in the growth and success of the Veg Grower podcast. Thank you for considering becoming a supporting member and we look forward to welcoming you into our club. Now let's turn our attention to this crucial topic for this time of year, how to care for our fruit trees during the summer. Now, I particularly thought of this with the strong winds. And after these strong winds, I think it's very important just to go around our fruit trees and assess for any potential damage, broken branches being one of the main problems. Now, if the branches have snapped off completely, there's nothing you can really do. But I would recommend that you just look at the cut that is left and tidy it up with either pruners and saws so it's not so jagged and reduces the risk of infection. I would also, if you have some, add some prune seal just to make sure infections do not get inside the tree. But if your branch is still half hanging onto the tree, it can still be saved. And this is a clever technique that uses something out of the ball. It's called a pair of tights. Now it may sound unconventional, but it is a handy trick that many gardeners swear by. What we have to do is simply lift the branch back into place as if it was still connected into the tree. You may have to add some supports in the form of canes or metal supports just to hold the weight. And then you take that pair of clean sheer tights and gently wrap them around the damaged branch and hold it, the two pieces, back together. The tights will provide a nice tight support for the branch as well as holding everything together and hopefully the branch will heal itself and reconnect. It's a very simple yet effective way to give that branch just a chance to mend itself. But you do need to check on the branch quite regularly. And once the branch has really healed, remove the tights and let it continue to grow. If that has happened to you, rush out and do it as soon as possible. Luckily here at the VegGrower podcast, we haven't had any damage like that. Now let's move on to another significant aspect of summer fruit tree care. And that is the June drop. 
Now we are in July and we were expecting the June drop to be a little bit later this year, in, into July, because everything seems a little bit later this year. But what happens is during the month of June, you may notice that your fruit tree starts to shed excess fruit. This is a natural phenomenon, also known as fruit thinning. And it's just simply the tree's way of self-regulating to ensure optimal fruit development and therefore optimal baby trees in the future, if you like. Just by shedding some of the surplus fruit, the tree can focus its resources onto nourishing and maturing the remaining fruits. And while it's normal to experience a certain amount of fruit drop, during July it is a case that sometimes as gardeners we have to go in and remove a few more. Now the reason that we do this ourselves in replacing nature is that one, it leaves us with bigger and better fruits later on in the year because the ones left behind then have to make up for it. But also what then tends to happen is next year the fruit tree will produce better and more fruits. You often find with fruit trees that one year you might get a really good year and the following year you might get a really bad year. And that's all down because the tree hadn't had its fruits thinned. Now it's very, very simple to remove these fruits. You just go around and try and remove quite a few, reducing the amount. Now, how much to thin your fruits by is always a little bit challenging and it always is quite heartbreaking and it almost seems counterproductive by doing this. But what Bob Flowerdew, who is well known for his organic gardening, of course, what he has said, and I've heard him say this on the radio, is that when you thin your fruits, you thin them to the point that it makes you cry. You go away, have a cup of tea and then you thin some more. How do I put that over into audio terms? Not so easy to describe in the podcast, but if I look at my pear tree, on a single branch, I can see there's probably 10 pears on that branch. I would reduce that down to leave three or four. Now these then just give each pear plenty of space to grow, as well as encourage the tree to focus all its energy into those remaining pairs on the hope that that's going to go on and produce more trees. That's that's why a fruit tree produces fruit. Now while we're doing this of course it is a good chance to take the opportunity to assess the overall health of our trees and make any necessary adjustments. When we get into this time of year watering some fruit trees could do with a bit of water and generally speaking fruit trees in the ground need very little water because they've tapped their roots down low enough but a bit of watering couldn't go amiss especially if it has had a long period of dry weather but fruit trees in pots for example would definitely need a good watering so give them a good watering maybe add a bit of fertilizer in the form of blood fish and bone or bone meal And don't forget a good mulch around the roots as well, just to ensure that there is plenty of water in the soil for that tree to use. Now, I generally save all my pruning for the winter months because there's less leaves on the tree and it's easier to see what we can do with a tree. However, when it comes to our stone fruits, such as our peaches, our cherries, our nectarines, our apricots, We don't prune those in the winter because there's a very strong chance that they might catch a disease. 
So instead, we prune those in the summer months. And this is about the right time because most of those trees have used up their fruits. I've still got a peach on my tree at the moment. So not so much a peach tree, but my cherry trees, definitely. And just like we do in the winter, we first start off with our dead, diseased or damaged branches. We cut those off using the correct pruning techniques. And then we want to look at any branches that are crossing over. So where you get two branches rubbing against each other. That's where we would next remove. And then after that, we just want to think about the overall shape of the tree and to thin out any crowded areas to improve air circulation and allow more sunlight to reach the inner branches. Anyway, proper pruning does help create an open and well-ventilated tree structure and it also reduces the risk of disease and promotes better fruit production in future years. So after pruning, there's very little else you need to do with your fruit trees. Apart from just constantly inspect them and check for diseases or fungal spores or anything like that and take action as necessary. Last night on our live show I actually was sent a picture from a viewer of a problem with an apple tree which we worked out to be a fungal disease and it basically the advice is now to remove the tree so it doesn't damage any other trees. So Regular checking is also up there as to how to look after your fruit trees during the summer months and take action. Pests and diseases luckily are something I don't get many problems with, but they are something I'm always on the lookout for at the same time. Right, well that brings us up to the end of this little segment on how to take care of your trees during the summer. But next I've got a nice little surprise for you. A couple of weeks ago I mentioned that I would like to get a chef each week to share a recipe. And Scott, our resident chef, has stepped up to the plate and shared a brilliant recipe. He was a little bit nervous, but I think he's done a fantastic job nonetheless. Let's go find out what Scott's got for us. Hi, it's Scott here with this week's recipe. And this week we have a stilted smoked bacon and vegetable gratin. This is a great recipe for using whatever is good at the allotment. This means we can adapt the recipe as we go through the growing season. So during the summer, we might be using things like courgettes, early potatoes and beans. Then, as we move into the autumn and winter months, we can be using our squash, pumpkins and celeriac. It can be eaten as a side or as a standalone meal. During the summer months, I like to eat it as a standalone meal, with a salad and zingy dressing to cut through the richness. And during the cooler months, I like to pair it with a slow cooked stew for some serious winter comfort food. You can also play about with the type of cheese you use, or it can work well as a plant-based dish by removing the bacon and replacing the cheese and cream with plant-based alternatives. So, to the ingredients, you will need 500 grams of thinly sliced potatoes, I used second earlies, 500 grams of thinly sliced kohlrabi, 100 grams of sliced courgettes, 250 grams of cauliflower cut into small florets, 250 grams of leafy greens, I use chard, perpetual spinach and kale, one large onion, finely diced, two cloves of garlic, finely diced, five rashers of smoky streaky bacon, sliced into lardons, one sprig of rosemary, finely chopped, 150 grams of stilton, 50 grams of grated cheddar, 70 grams of breadcrumbs, 
100 milliliters of white wine and 900 milliliters of double cream. So now that we have all the ingredients together, we can make a start on the dish. We start by adding the bacon to a saucepan with a tablespoon of oil and cook on a medium high heat until the bacon is crispy. Then remove it from the pan and set aside. We can now add the onions and garlic and rosemary to the same pan and sweat them down for five minutes on a medium low heat so the onions are softened but not coloured. We can now add the bacon back to the pan, turn up the heat and add the white wine and reduce by half. Now add the cream to the pan and on a low heat bring to a gentle simmer but do not boil. Meanwhile in a separate pan of boiling water we want to blanch the leafy greens. Do this by placing the greens in rapidly boiling water for one minute then drain and run under cold water until completely cool. Then give them a squeeze to get rid of the excess water. Meanwhile in a separate pan of boiling water we want to blanch the leafy greens. Do this by placing the greens in rapidly boiling water for one minute then drain and run under cold water until completely cool. Then give them a squeeze to get rid of the excess water. It's Richard here, just jumping in at this moment as this little bit of the recording didn't quite work. But Scott says at this point we can now start to assemble the gratin by layering the vegetables in a baking dish, alternating the layers with leafy greens and vegetables, and then pour over the cream mixture and top with the Stilton, cheddar and breadcrumbs. You may have excess cream mixture left over, but this can be frozen and used at a later date. Bake in a preheated oven at 160 degrees Celsius for 40 minutes or until the vegetables are tender and the top is golden brown. And that's this week's recipe finished. I hope that you give it a go and you enjoy it. Well, thank you, Scott, for that fantastic recipe. I've got to say, I haven't had the chance to cook it myself just yet, but we will be definitely trying it out this week. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Scott comes up with in future episodes. I think it sounds like a great recipe. Now, if you do want to get a written copy of the recipe, then head to thevegetablepodcast.co.uk where you can find the recipe online. I've added a link, of course, in the show notes as well. Now, let's move on with the garden update. And we are here in our garden at home, and I'm happy to report that despite the strong winds that we've had over this weekend... Our garden actually weathered the storm quite well. We lost a couple of lids for various things, but we found those. And a few of the canes were blown over that support tomatoes or beans. Nothing too serious, they were able to be rectified. Now in the greenhouse, I have been keeping an eye on my strawberries in hanging baskets. And they've actually been potting out some runners. Now these runners are nature's way of giving us extra plants for next year. To encourage these runners to root, what I've done is I've placed the runners in small pots filled with multi-purpose compost. And then using a bit of wire, I've just gently pinned the runners down. Now with a bit of care and plenty of moisture these runners should start to root and establish themselves and then we will cut them away from the mother plant the main plant if you like and that should give us additional strawberry plants for next year cannot wait this is going to be a great way of getting free plants 
Now another task that I've tackled in the greenhouse is removing the lower leaves of the tomato plants. This technique helps redirect the plant's energy towards ripening the tomatoes by allowing more light and airflow to reach the fruit that then we can encourage to mature and develop their delicious flavours, something that quite often many gardeners will do. Moving outside, I have cleared away the first batch of peas that were sown earlier this year. The plants had actually started to turn brown, indicating that their time had come to an end. Peas have been a little bit tricky for me this year, I've said time and time again, but I'm not giving up. We've had okay amount of peas, not enough, but an okay amount of peas. I've got some more peas that are still in the ground that are going to follow but where these peas have came out of, I might just add a few more peas as well. By the way, if you just heard that bird, that was my quail. We've only got the one quail now, which uh, she's on her own, and I'm not happy about that, but she's laying eggs. I can't say any more than that. Once she unfortunately passes on, that'll be the end of the quails for us. Anyway, speaking of sowings, I have actually taken the opportunity to sow some more spinach. And these have been sown directly outside in a raised bed. Now this bed is located next to my subpod, which is what I'm sitting on right now. But it's also below a grapevine. And I've sown the spinach seeds about one centimetre deep and spaced them about 15 centimetres apart. Now all we've got to do is keep the soil moist to ensure good germination. With some luck, we will have a fresh supply of spinach to enjoy. And hopefully that will see us through into the winter as well. Now in terms of harvesting from our home garden, we've had some really good harvests here as well. Peas radishes, beetroot, courgettes, aubergines, tomatoes, raspberries, tabries, even a few currants from the driveway garden. There's probably more that I haven't listed, but you know, that's quite a few harvests. Cucumber is actually one I've remembered as well. You know, we are really getting lots of harvests coming. It is such a joy. It really is is i haven't even included herbs in that list thinking about it it's just so much that is coming in fresh homegrown delicious food truly grateful for everything that we get from this garden and i'm really really happy to be a really productive garden i really am this just makes it all worthwhile as you can probably tell this week i am really excited for all the harvests Anyway, that brings us to the end of the garden update and the conclusion of this week's episode. But before we go, I just want to remind you of a few things. Now, if you've been enjoying the Veg Grow podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review on your podcast provider. It really does help get us noticed and your feedback means the world to us so, and helps others discover the show. Also, please consider becoming a supporting member for the podcast. For just £5 a month, you'll gain access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content and receive a collection of seeds delivered to your door each and every month. It's a fantastic way to deepen your connection with the VegGrow community and support the podcast's growth. If you have any comments, 
questions or suggestions, please get in touch via email. My email address is richard at uk, or visit the website at uk and leave a voicemail. We really do love hearing from all our listeners. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media for additional updates, garden tips and inspiration. You can find us on pretty much all social media handles. Just search for the Veg Grower Podcast. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, Until next time, keep gardening, enjoy the bounties of nature, and please take care.